This episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Geek Girl Realty. Are you looking for that fortress of solitude or a cottage in the woods? Geek Girl Realty can help you out. Check them out at www.geekgirlrealty.com. Dungeon Crawlers. All right, everyone. Hey, we're here with authors Holly Anderson and James Wymore to talk about their two books that are on their way out the door. Uh, the first one is Miracle and then Thug Number One. That is a loud loud noise. So for those of you that don't know what those are, we'll talk about that and then you can make a bunch of guesses and assumptions if you want to get this book, but you should because otherwise we'll just hunt you down and smack you with them. So uh, which do you want to talk about first, Miracle or Thug One? Okay, Miracle. Okay. So give us a little bit of background, what it is, because I know it's superheroes in your own twist, uh, which is awesome. Thank you. Uh, Miracle is the only superhero in the book, um, and she lives in a dystopian world that was um, the world Earth was destroyed by some massive earthquakes along with uh, after the earthquakes there came a viral pandemic I guess epidemic um, killed killed even more people so and Miracle grew up in that world. What else do you want to know? I mean that just sucks right there. So know, first right? there's a bunch of massive earthquakes everyone <laughs> died from that then this plague comes through wipes out right? everyone else after that do we get locusts? A plague of locusts? <laughs> Do we get frogs jumping out? I, no, I mean, no, no locusts no. or frogs. Just destroyed cities. Um, Miracle actually doesn't come in until part two of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, part one is quite short, though, and it uh, shows us her how she came to be. Um, shows us her parents, basically, who are really, really horrible people. Which you have to have to be a superhero. Right? I mean, you have to have some <laughs> horrible, tragic story. That just seems to be the trend of having a super, being a superhero, unless you're Superman and Man of Steel, and then your dad just holds his hand forward because the salary run out. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's just my Kevin Costner pun. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's a great, I, fantastic idea. It's really interesting how people have taken superheroes now and kind of put their own twist to them, and I mean, DC Comics and Marvel Comics, they're, those superheroes are great, but they're just kind of weird, uh, you know, jumped into, you know, sh- hit by lightning. There just happened to be chemicals around or uh, got bit by a radioactive spider. I know everyone's going to hate me for that one because I love <laughs> Spider-Man. But it's like, really? Um, you know, so things that happen that seem realistic and why we have a superhero are, are really cool. Okay. Do you want to hear her her? uh Origin story? Yes, let's hear okay. origin story because we different. have to have the origin story. Right, right. And I don't think there's another origin story quite like this. Right, James? You think? <laughs> so the origin story is this. Her parents are in this post-apocalyptic world. They, they lived through uh, the earthquakes. They lived through the pandemic. Um, and they're horrible people. They're assassins. That's what they do. That's how they get... Um, it's not necessarily a world of money anymore, but that's how they get paid for what they do. They're like the best assassins out there. Um, the mom or the wife gets pregnant. They do not want to have a child in this world. They're hor- they're, they don't love children. They like will kill children just as quickly as they'll kill anyone else. Right. So, they're, um, so they try to abort this baby that they have in multiple different ways. They're, they try over and over and over again the closer they get to um, to her being born. And when she is born, the idea is to 
kill her after she's born. Um, and so that doesn't happen. The mom dies instead. Wow. So there we go. She got all of her powers from all of those attempts um, at killing her. There is a and especially <laughs> awesome place in hell for these guys. Apparently. Right? I know. <laughs> and, and the thing with it is, I started writing this long before all of this yeah. stuff came out politically about this same subject. So this was an idea that came to me That's years awesome. ago. So I'm just going to warn everyone. Yes, we are at a convention. There are people <laughs> moving around. We have found a quiet place, but there may be some random people talking in the background. No, there's this weird guy running around thinking he's a crow. I don't know. But uh, no, that's really cool. Um, she gains her powers through the multiple attempts on her life right. while she can't even draw breath, um, which is interesting. And then you kind of threw... I mean, the mom dies, so that's mm -hmm. kind of a John Constantine type thing. So I'm guessing the dad just hates her after yeah. that. Yep, has a Pretty grudge. Pretty much, yep. But then he realizes that she could be a great asset to his business. Mm. He, he could t take another step above as the greatest assassin ever if wow. he has this um, this daughter that can't be killed or can't be injured and has and is super strong. So she has super strength, nigh invulnerability. Yes. Does she have a weakness? She does. Okay. You don't have to say what the weakness okay, is. Okay, I'm there not is going a weakness to. Because there is a weakness. we got we to leave that to the imagination. She, she does not figure out that weakness until she's maybe 12 years old, and her dad never does figure out that she has this well, weakness. She hides so. it from him. I'd hope so, because he'd probably use it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he would. He would definitely use it. So, yeah, he's a horrible person trying to turn her into a horrible person. So there's that internal battle of... You know, nature versus nurture. She doesn't really have it in her to be a horrible person, but she almost bends to his will nice. several times. So. so is this a standalone, or is there going to be more in this universe? Well, it was going to be a standalone. Um, however, one of my beta readers named James <laughs> Wymore. His face just lit up. <laughs> <laughs> I get a Christmas present? <laughs> gave me some really great ideas for ways to um, maybe end it and maybe... Anyway, uh, so so no, there will be another one. There will be an, it, it leaves room for for at least one more. At in least the series. one more. At least one more. There could mm -hmm. be more. Could be more. So yeah. So, the villain is the villain the dad, or is the villain no, someone else? He's that's just as bad. Yeah, he's he's a bad guy, but he's not the villain. He's not trying to necessarily destroy the world. He's just greedy, right? Okay. Um. So there is uh, there is a villain that shows up in the area where she lives, which is New York City, um, the destroyed New York City, um, and st presents himself as a, a benevolent-type person that just wants to rebuild. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really not what his... It's not what his plan is. What his are. plan is, yes. There just must be a vortex with New York. There seems to be so <laughs> many superheroes and villains <laughs> that congeal onto New York City. Um, I mean, I saw a map once that showed all the superheroes within... Spitting distance of New York, just in the Marvel Universe, and I think the total came to 58. <laughs> Everybody wants to destroy New York. Why? Why do we need that so many superheroes? Why can't it be like Lebanon, Kansas? In the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I or, need a city. Like, who's yeah. going to assassinate? Or Anchorage, assassin. Alaska. I think possibly it's because it's the biggest city in America. Mm -hmm. So you ha and, that, and there's tradition to it, but they, if you destroy the biggest city... You get the biggest impact. Yeah. So okay. you know, it just became a kind of easy, like crutch. Most of the comics are targeted towards yeah. 
American readers. So you got to pick a big American city. There's only a few and none nearly that big. So Okay. I mean, I guess that makes sense. But it would still be cool. Supervillain gets a start. I, I picked it because I've been there and I could, like, visualize my book mostly. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. So what started the process of doing a superhero novel? What was the thing, the catalyst that said, I want to write a superhero novel? Well, I'd never actually thought about it. I love Avengers. I don't love all superheroes, but I definitely love them, Thor. And um, <laughs> and obviously, it's and probably when he's not wearing his shirt or armor. Well, obviously, <laughs> those biceps, man. <laughs> anyway, um, but the idea came to me. I, you know, obviously, I'm a writer, so ideas come to me in all different ways. Um, this idea came to me through um, a video I was watching on Facebook, and it was um, it was a young woman that was testifying before Congress um, on abortion issues, I imagine. Um, she is she was an abortion survivor, meaning that her mom had tried to abort her about two months before she was supposed to be born. They used saline um, solution to try to abort her, but she did not die when she was born. She had burns, chemical burns all over her body. Um, they kind of just left her for dead, but one of the nurses is like, no, she's still breathing. Um, anyway, and she grew up to be this amazing woman who speaks all over um, oh, yeah, the I, world. I've seen, yeah. I've seen that. Um, she has uh, cerebral palsy, um, yet yeah, she's, she's, I don't know, goes all over and, and speaks to the world. But that's where I came up with the idea, not that I was taking one side or the other in, the, mm -hmm. in this conflict, just that, oh, I want, what, you know, what if that saline burn mm -hmm. would have made her skin impenetrable? Yeah. That's where the idea came from, and that's where it started. Nice. No, that, that's a really cool place to start from. And it's it's interesting where small ideas can blossom into an entire story. Right. So, All right, so we have Miracle. We have the mom that's died, the horrible dad, the the villain that comes in saying, hey, look, I'm a really nice guy, but secretly I'm going to kill you all or something. Um, possible sequel, maybe more. Book is available when? Um, it actually came out this this past Tuesday on the twelfth. So, so there you go. You guys out. don't even have it's to ready. wait. You can get it now. Yeah. That means even more. We can smack you over the head to buy it. <laughs> so okay. Now James read it. He loved it. He gave you ideas. When you know it's post apocalyptic, so we're probably not going to see robots. Maybe maybe not. Okay. No robots. No robots. Uh, mutant monsters. Yeah, yes. Okay. Mutated <laughs> monsters mm -hmm. because, well... They crawled out of the cracks from the earth, from awesome. the earthquakes. Okay. So they're Very ancient cool. ones. <laughs> I I can definitely get behind yeah. that. So what about other cities? Are there other cities that still survive out there? Because, well, we at least have New York. I would assume maybe some other ones. Mm -hmm. you know, yes, is, there is, are other cities. Is there a gang of rednecks living somewhere? <laughs> Miracle does take a bit of a, a trip from New York City when she's uh, trying to decide what to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yes, we get to see other outlying um, communities and the, that uh, survive in different ways than the big city of just cutthroat every person for themselves. We get to see some communities that have actually banded together, some that are uh, more Venezuela-like. <laughs> but she does go to several different cities just around uh, in New York State, basically. Okay. Um, so um, in the sequel, I think we'll probably see more of the United States than just New York City. You know, there's no great transportation, so... So, no so, so, so how do they how do they get around then? Because there's um, no great... Mostly you stay where you are. Okay. Other than her. I mean, it, 
it, there, you know, if you want to go anywhere, it's you're on foot. So, okay, so there are n- there's no cars, no trains, nope. no planes, no electricity, no, no electricity. Mm-hmm. That's even worse for those of <laughs> you that like your iPods and right? TVs. No more. It's a true apocalypse. No. Yeah. Man, no. That right there is an end worlder <laughs> for Holly. Um, what about? Horses or like anything can are there pack animals that they can get around on or are they dead too? Well, um, not in New York City. Okay, right. Um, I think some of the outlying, more farming communities Might. have animals, right? And a lot of the there are actually even exotic animals that are wandering around because the zoos were destroyed and mm-hmm. they've kind of pack, you know, made made their packs together. So, um, so yeah, there are still animals. So very nice. So the animals from the zoo have escaped and they're multiplying. Yes, as animals some of them, do. Yes, man, that could be fun. <laughs> All right, so it's out. It's available. What do you want the readers to know most, and why should they get pick it up? Um, I just think Miracle, just her growth mm-hmm. and her the way that she finally escapes from the things her dad has always taught her and tried to brainwash her with, um, is just through a simple friendship with one boy that she meets. Um, and he shows her that there is still kindness and there is still love in this world. And there are still people worth fighting for, um, just through that friendship, her only friendship, her first friendship. Um, and I think that's really special and that's my favorite part of the book. And that was my favorite part to write. All right. So it's a girl and her boy. (laughs) Girl and her friend, her guy friend. Man. Mm. There's no romance there. Good. It's just, good, they're good, just good. friends. Good, good. Uh, yeah, that's what my my daughter keeps saying uh, <laughs> about the boy she likes. Oh, anyways. Um, no, that's that's great. Uh, I like that tie-in where you have someone that's just saying, look, there's, there's real people. They're nice. You don't have to go around killing people and twisting their heads off. Right. Um, I mean, that would just, it would be a really weird experience growing up in a family of all assassins. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't even comprehend that, how that would be. Just like your vision of how the world works would be vastly so twisted, warped right? from what so I know. Yeah. Yes, it is twisted, and there are some twisted moments. Yeah. It's like, see that guy? Shoot him. She does not take any lives, by the That's way. That's even better. So, That's cool. Yeah. So. Um, YA or, or not YA? Uh, it is YA, yes. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So there is a limit to the uh, blood and debauchery <laughs> that happens, Yes. Uh, which is a good thing. Um how many pages, roughly? That is a good question. 300? 300-ish. Yeah, yeah. 300-ish, mm-hmm. so a good size book. Mm-hmm. All right, so check out the book. It's available. Pick it up. It's an awesome superhero story about a girl that gets superpowers from her parents' <laughs> horribleness. Trying to kill her, yes. um, And then, you know, check it out. It's, uh, it's probably your cup of tea. Uh, definitely, I know several people that like it, so... Um, let's talk about Thug One because another superhero book. Yes, but in a much different fashion. Yeah, in in Thug Number One, um, we have the the main character is C.J. Cruz, and he is um, he's about thirty eight, and he's made a career or a job, I guess, out of working for supervillains. Okay. So this one takes place in Denver, Colorado. Even better, um, it's not New York. I I I really do like a lot of the villain the heroes and villains being in different cities. Yeah. Um Scarlet Spider Venom are two yeah. examples. Anyway, so <clears throat> I I I said it in Denver because uh he has a strong Catholic background. Okay. 
and Denver is a, a strong Catholic, Catholic city. city yeah. And um, he, so he's, he basically hires out to um, supervillains as, as the, the battle for the city goes back and forth between heroes and villains. Mm-hmm. And there's a kind of a stable equilibrium. A new villain rises up, takes over the city. A new hero shows up, takes it back. Um, and so there's this kind of back and forth interplay, which is a little bit of like making fun of a cliche yeah. from the superhero tropes, which this book sort of does. So um, it just pokes the fun out of it. Yeah, it has. Well, it has illustrations, which are actually pretty great. Yeah. John Christian Perkins. But also I have all the sound effects are in little bubbles. Yep, I saw that. The, and, the kapows, um, the bams and yeah. everything like that. It has some comedy to it. Yeah, and it, it's made to be a lighthearted little little thing i think people have seen enough superhero stuff now that they're ready for a like a fresh feel it's not it's not silly though mm-hmm. you know the the bubbles are a little bit ironic but also fun anyway so he's working for these guys uh when he can and he has a, a kind of a special code of ethics that he's developed where he considers himself to be like a subcontractor they hire him he works hourly it's not his business what they do and he likes to be around superheroes, but it's but nobody really supports him. His ex-wife, his um, his priest are all like, "Dude, you're a henchman. You need to stop working for the bad guys." And he's like, "How do you know which ones are the bad guys? They're just all people with powers." Yeah, you know. And in a little bit, he knows. But also on the other side, he's like, "These dudes, they're they're not part of our world. You're judging them by the wrong set of ethics." And he's and and they say, well, why don't you work for the heroes sometimes? And he says, they don't hire anyone. If they'd hire me, I'd work for them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care which side's which. This is just my job. Anyway, so his skill set is very limited, you know. But he's got to pay the rent. He's got to pay the child support. Yeah. And he's, this is how he's getting by. And uh, so that's 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 where he starts out. And eventually, um what's going to happen is if you tangle enough with super powered people, uh, you get sucked in and yeah. he's actually avoided being the henchman. Number one, he's, he doesn't want to be the right hand man. Cause he knows that's who the sidekick takes out. Yeah. And he's like, the safe job is not those jobs. <laughs> Don't get on the radar, play the game until, you know, until your boss falls and then you, you hike it and find someone else. Yeah. Be henchman 47 that comes to work in a blue shirt, not a red one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's that way. He sort of has figured out this way to get by doing this, but nobody else really appreciates it. And he um, is a a little bit at a loss because his choices have put him at odds with, you know, his family, his church, stuff like that. Anyway, that's where it starts out until he tangles with. Well, it's just like roofing tar. You can't touch it without getting it on you. Yeah. And so he's around supers long enough some powers get on him. <laughs> okay. And when he finds himself in that position, now he has to deal with the ethics from a whole new point of view. And so it's, it's a, really about his struggle to figure out, you know, he's been kind of deceiving himself for a long time and he has to really commit to something. Okay. So now powers rub off. He has his power. Now he has to figure out how to deal with life and like, because he can't ignore it, he has the power. Right, all the all the factions now want him. He's in a the superpower game now. Yeah. He's on the chessboard. Yeah, 
he, and he's he, like, he's at the NFL draft. Right. He's the number one pick. <laughs> now I got to figure out what to do with this situation. Yeah. So, no, I mean, that's really cool. Now, because you have the number one, does that mean there's going to be more? Because, I mean, is there going to be Thug 2, 3, 4, 87? You know, um, that's a funny question. It's written in such a way as I would like to write more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I hope that the illustrator will want to work on the future ones because that, that was a really great. I, I love the work he did. Um, but the, the problem with, um, I don't know, it, I have plans. I know where the story is going to go and, and I, I'm, I'm hoping to write it. Yes. Nice. I don't know if the title will be thug number two, cause that doesn't really make sense. I don't want to wear a red, red shirt at work. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, some of the titles I've considered, one of them's thug number two, one yeah. of them is thug number one, volume two. One of them is Public Enemy number one. Ooh, that would be nice. Or Sidekick number one, or you know, like there's, yeah. I, there's play with a lot number of, one, but still have a yeah be a, a sequel. Yeah, no, and that the, works. The cover is a little bit comic bookish, so we, we play with that. Yeah, no, I know that was one of the first things I noticed is it looked very comic book, and I'm like, is this a comic book or a graphic novel? And then you get in there, no, it's a novel. Yeah, it just it looks like it just has that comic book cover look so it was really cool to see that dj butler said it's 75 percent novel 25 percent graphic novel yeah okay very nice um yeah i mean just flipping through looking at that there's really cool illustrations i do like how there's the batman like sound effects like pow kapam stuff like that that was a fantastic idea to throw in there so the villain let's talk about the villain because he's working for the villain is, you know, Which throughout, one? Throughout the book, throughout the book, we have multiple villains. But is there one that's just re- really the big bad? Oh yeah, villain? the climax villain is is called Technomonger. Okay, and he is uh, or Techmonger. Anyway, he's he gets his powers about the same time as CJ. Okay, but he has a plan, and he's not conflicted ethically. Um, he knows exactly what he's going to do. And so CJ kind of gets roped into his his stuff, mm-hmm. um, and and so that's you know without going too far with it, that's when uh, some big outside heroes get called in because okay. once you're a big enough villain, you you yeah, rank next you, level. Yeah, you don't have to deal with the the hero on the block. You then have everyone yeah. coming in. So as it builds up, it gets to the point where you know it starts to get serious. Yeah. You can't just do that stuff without calling in some yeah you're no longer fighting tony stark it's now the rest of the avengers coming in. <laughs> right yeah um no i mean that's cool so with cj's progression and everything and the moral conflicts that he's having to deal with because he he wants to be a loner no one pay attention to me now getting thrust into the limelight how do you deal with those components of like his life where it's falling apart because before it was just a job. Now it's causing conflict with his church, with his ex-wife, and things like that. I oh mean, yeah. How does that play into? Well, it? for example, um, his priest. So one of the things that I really liked when the new Catholic Pope came out uh, was he excommunicated the the mob. The nice. entire Italian mafia had never been excommunicated before, and he came out and said, "If you're in the mafia, you are excommunicated," and. When he did that, and part of it is because he's actually from South America. Okay. He wasn't from Europe. He yeah. wasn't 
part of that culture. And he's just like, nah, that's not okay. And I was so impressed by that. So later when I was writing this book, I had the same kind of situation happen where the, um, the Pope comes out and says all supervillains are excommunicated. Okay. Um, and CJ's priest is like, dude, you got to stop working for those guys or I have to chop you off. I mean, you're going to get, you're going to lose your religion, your faith. And he's already lost his wife, you know, his daughters now his, you know, he's, he's like paying child support, but he's having trouble seeing his daughter. They don't consider his job stable. So his wife's very hesitant to give him a lot of visitation rights. And so the things he wants are already sort of falling apart before all that happens. Um, but he, it's what he knows and he's just trying to deal with it. He has a, a girlfriend that he wants to marry him, but she's hesitant also. She's like, I already have a stable job. What are you bringing to this? Yeah. You know? And so he's, he's got a lot of things in play in his life that he, he's already juggling. And then it comes to a head, obviously. So I think that answers your question. Yeah, it does. Now, does he have a weakness? I mean, because he's going to get, I mean, that's got the kind of the paradigm is superheroes or villains. They have a weakness. Yes. Everybody has a weakness. Yeah. And it's actually integral to the plot, so I don't want to go too far with it. Okay, he has a weakness. We'll leave it there. But he does. He has a weakness. That's the key point. So, I mean, these are two, I mean, they're both superhero books, but completely different. I mean, yours is not post-apocalyptic. It's very current, but you're definitely playing with different themes there. And it, oh, yeah. You know, it's in, it's in Denver, and yours is post-apocalyptic. It's in New York. And... I mean, that's the beauty and joy of like superhero things. You can have so many things going on at the same time, but be vastly different. Yes, and I feel like they both take a kind of oblique view of superheroes. Mm-hmm. How, we've gone through a huge, you know, cycle of movies. Um, superheroes have really taken a front stage for a while mm-hmm. in in pop culture, and so. Um, it, it's kind of funny because we didn't really know each other was writing these books. Yeah. And then we t- like said, wait, you wrote a book too? You know, we sort yeah. of like be- yeah. beta swapped them and, and decided to work together on promotion and stuff. But the, um, the impetus was really to look at a superhero story that's different than a mainstream pop culture yeah. story because it's a really interesting genre, but they don't always mine the, the, the interesting nuances that are available to it. Yeah. No, I mean, one of the things I did like about like Spider-Man uh, growing up, that was one of my favorite comics because so many bad things happen to him. I mean, he gets that crap beat out of him. <laughs> he loses his costume. He loses his mask. I mean, he can never keep the girl, uh, you know, compared to like Iron Man that has everything handed to him, you know, tons of money, even as crappy as Batman's life started out, he still has billions of dollars and builds all these cool gadgets. Makes uh, it a little better. Yeah. Yeah. Superman. I, I mean, but, raised on a farm. Oh, I mean, raised on a farm raised on a, a farm. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. And he has a, like almost perfect life except for everywhere else. You could be raised. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but you know, your characters are definitely, they've had crap handed to them. They have a really rough life. And it's not like, hey, you know, I, I don't like my life. I'm just going to go over here, spend a half a billion dollars, get a new house, and go live in, you know, Malibu or something like that. Uh, so it brings a lot, lot of reality, I guess, what I'm saying. And it's something we can all kind of relate to. That's something that I feel like a lot of the superheroes 
we've lost. I mean, I don't know anyone that can really relate to Superman, unless you've lived on a farm, and that's like Clark Kent only, <laughs> not Superman. I never related to Superman, but yeah. I you you can relate to aspects of yeah. those standard superheroes, and I think their relatability is why they endured so long. Yeah. But as you said, there's there's a level where it doesn't quite touch regular guy status. Yeah. And I feel like that's where um that's where people want stories to be. Mm-hmm. You know? Um that's why antiheroes are starting to become more popular. Not because people like their the cynical jokes, but because it's a little closer to what it would feel like if a regular guy suddenly woke up and bam. Yeah. Captain America. Well, no, I mean, Captain America is a great story because, I mean, he was a, he was the little guy that just got lucky, became the big guy, but he still, he, you know, has normal traditional values, and he, I mean, he's strong, but he can still be shot and killed, and he flings a shield really awesome. Uh, so would you say Captain America's weakness is two guns? One gun pointed at the right place. Two I guns. Mean, he did die in the Civil War comic. Got shot in the head. So I'm just saying, if you had yeah. two, two guns, guns would he be out of luck? Probably. <laughs> I'm two, just kidding. Two of guns course, and no shield. Uh, I just like his biceps. Okay, biceps. You just you just liked when those know, aren't the guns we're talking about, you just, Holly. You were just a fan when the Vita Ray machine opened up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't even remember the name of the movie that has Chris Hemsworth like running around for 20 minutes in his underwear. You would probably love that. You better remember. <laughs> she won't watch it. I I've tried to it. get her to watch those movies. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll find it, and I'll let you know the title. He's literally just in his underwear, and he has a Texas accent. Yeah. So, uh, All right, so both books are available. Thug One is available uh, your book is out, uh, so you can pick up Miracle. Go to immortalworks.com or even find them on Amazon. They're available in physical and ebook. Yes. Audiobook soon, maybe. It's coming, both coming. in production. Okay. Um, Miracle is spelled M Y R I K A L. Yes, it's not spelled the normal way. Book number okay. one is spelled the normal way with the number as a symbol. Okay. That would have been interesting to see you spell thug. In a different way, though. Well, I just mean, you know, if, when you're searching for stuff, it can be... Yes, it can be difficult to find. So look for those spellings. Uh, take a look for those books. Or you can go to Immortal Works page, uh, which is immortal-works.com, and find your copy today. Go buy them, or we will hunt you down and smack you with a book, because, well, that's what the thug would do, right? Of course. All right, so with that said, we're out of here. Thank you. Dungeon Crawlers.